Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Friday morning by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Fellas, it is very cold where I am. You know it's football season. It is frigid out. Apparently, it's not so cold where you guys are. Pat is even golfing later today. I am jealous that you were able to do that. We would not be able to do that in Denver unless you were really, really just layer it up. Guys, we are diving into our matchup previews. We're going to run through key questions for every single matchup. For some reason, you know, I have the list of like, here are all the bye week teams. There are none. I don't know why the NFL decided to do that. Six a week ago, zero this week. So that means we have a lot of matchups to get to. So that means it's going to be a fun show. Matchup previews. We will dive in right at the top with a couple of rookie quarterbacks going head-to-head. It's Texans at Panthers. My key question for you guys is C.J. Stroud has been sensational for a rookie QB, but he's actually been more high floor than he has been high ceiling week to week. Is this the matchup where he finally smashes Debro starting with you? Oh, yeah, baby. This is this is C.J. Stroud week. He's going to crush. He's a top eight quarterback for me. Um, I might even push him up a little bit higher depending on what ECR does with him, but Carolina can't stop anybody. And this is the, the versus the pass versus the deep ball. Like we're talking about top 12 metrics in all different realms. Tank Dell is back, baby. It is time to go. Happy CJ Stroud week to those who observe. <laughs> yeah. Fitz, what do you think? I mean, this is seems like it's going to be an all systems go type of game for this offense, right? I'm actually worried that it might be another high floor, low ceiling game for CJ Stroud simply because the Panthers run defense is so Mm. catastrophically bad. And, uh, you know, I think the Texans are going to be in a spot where they want to run the ball quite a bit and attack that. Um, And you're just typically not going to go for 300 plus yards if you're throwing it only 30 times. And I think that's probably where we're going to end up with CJ Stroud on pass attempts. Um, How bad have the Panthers been against the run? Their run defense is 32nd in DVOA, and there is a sizable gap between the Panthers at 32 and the Broncos at 31, and we know how bad the Broncos' run D has been. Carolina is giving up 5.3 yards per carry to opposing running backs, so I do think uh, the Texans are going to be able to be balanced, and maybe that tamps down the upside a little bit for C.J., you, you know, some people say we were expecting a big passing game. Some people say we're expecting a big running game. I say, why not both? Can't everybody get fantasy <laughs> points in this game is what I'm hoping for. Speaking of the run defense, this is actually a perfect opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over under challenge presented by betting pros. Each week, the guys will be making over under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is actually Damian Pierce getting to face that Panthers run defense. His line is set at only 10 fantasy points against the Panthers. It sounds like we think he's going to go over. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, I mean, he might need a touchdown to get there just because there's going to be a Pierce-Singletary split of some sort. Like, I'm not totally convinced Singletary has 
leapfrogged Pierce. Uh, you know, maybe just trying to manage Pierce's workload after he sort of burned out last year. Um, but I'll say he gets in the end zone. I'll go over. Deaver, how about you? The line's 10 fantasy points. Oh, that's a really good line. If you gave me like nine, nine and a half, I would take the over. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to be the undertaker here. Um, I think he has a really good day, but I don't know if he gets the touchdown. So I'm going to take the under. There are always fun questions around the NFL this time of year, like who are the pretenders, who are the contenders? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. There are five games in the Week 8 slate with a spread under a field goal on DraftKings, so there should be tons of close finishes this week my favorite of those games is probably Jaguars Steelers in Pittsburgh with Jacksonville two and a half point favorites on the road should be a fun matchup between the Jags offense and the Steelers defense so I'm really looking forward to that one and hopefully really looking forward to seeing the Jags get a win over the Steelers However you guys plan to bet that one, get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, game number two here, Rams at Cowboys. Key question, did we learn anything about the Rams' backfield in their first game without Kyron Williams last week? Fitz, starting with you. We did. I think we learned Daryl Henderson is going to be the lead guy here until Kyron Williams gets back. Uh, Henderson stepped right in. First game of the season and played a 57% snap share. Um, and the key thing here is that Henderson is a good pass blocker. And um, Debro, I think this is why the whole Cam Akers thing blew up in our faces last year. Yeah. Because Cam is is not a good pass blocker. Mm-hmm. And Sean McVay trusts Daryl Henderson to do that. Pretty important when you've got a, uh, you know, a statue at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. So, um, like, I think we're going to see Henderson continue to have, like, RB3 flex-type value for the next couple of weeks until Hender- until uh, Kyron Williams returns. Henderson got the touchdown. Royce Freeman did get more yards on fewer carries, so running at higher efficiency. Debro, what was your big takeaway from this backfield situation? I was surprised when I delved into the numbers for the primer that Daryl Henderson still has a good bit of juice, man. If you take about if you take a sample size of every running back in the NFL, so there are 74 guys that have had at least 18 carries. So the number that Henderson got last week, he's 14th in explosive run rate and 29th in missed tackles force per attempt. Those numbers surprised the hell out of me whenever I was like, okay, well, Daryl Henderson first came back, no training camp, nothing, just straight up off the couch or out of the gym, wherever he's been sitting. I, 
that was surprising to me. So Henderson has more juice left than what I gave him credit for. And yeah, this is his backfield. And I talked about this earlier in the week, but for everybody that picked up Royce Freeman, I would not be trotting him out there. Like Henderson playing 57% of the snaps like Pat talked about, that number could go up. McVay has shown he wants to lean on one guy. So really last week could have been like the, okay, we're going to ease you in. Henderson could play 70% of the snaps or even higher this week. That won't shock me at all. Do you think it's worth holding on to Freeman just in case? I mean, he did get 12 carries for 66 yards, or would you just drop him if you needed the roster spot? If I need the roster spot, I drop him. I'd have no no qualms about that. I drop him. But what do you think, Fitz? Are you stashing Freeman? Yeah, I mean, if I have the room, um, agreed. Like, if you have to make a move at, at somewhere else, but probably you won't have to this week since there are no teams on by. Um, like, we know Freeman would be pretty valuable if anything happened to Henderson. Um, and, like, I I still think he's going to get work. Like, the 70% snap share thing could happen. I agree with Debra on that, but um, it might also settle in at 60-40 like we saw last week, so... I want to throw some player props your guys' way. Anybody listening, you can find any player props updated on bettingpros.com. You can check that out, the odds, on pretty much any line you want to find, and you can find them at any book you want to find. We, of course, prefer DraftKings Sportsbook on this show, so all the odds you hear me say will be from DraftKings directly. But I want to throw you guys some Puka Nakua odds just because he's such a fun player to talk about. Uh, Puka Nakua over under 75.5 receiving yards. Six and a half receptions, and he's plus 180 to score a touchdown. Again, 75 and a half receiving yards, six and a half receptions, and he's plus 180 to score a touchdown. Fitz, do you like any of those three? I think I like, uh, you know, I'm I'm not crazy. I, I looked at these. I've already bet some player props on DraftKings this week, and I did not touch any of the Puka ones. I think I might, like, take the touchdown, actually. Like, I think the, the yardage and receptions – uh, totals are pretty spot on. Debra? Uh, crazy enough, yeah, I'm not touching those lines. If anything, I might hit the unders. Uh, going against, I think this is going to be a big Cooper Cup matchup. Uh, where you attack the Dallas secondary is via the slot. Their outside corners have been fantastic. Stefan Gilmore still has it. Deron Bland has been playing out of his mind. Like, when I wrote him up, I was like, people are not going to believe this man has a 22 passer rating in his coverage. So as good as Puka was last week, and I, you, we, we stand Puka on this show, Puka Juice always, but this week I think it's going to be a tough go for him. So speaking of the Rams and their backfield, uh, my next question is about Vikings at the Packers, and my question is, as uninspiring as it may be, is this Cam Akers backfield moving forward in Minnesota? Debra, what do you think? I definitely think it can be. I mean, what we saw out of Cam Akers last week, 39% of the snaps, 12 touches, 61 total yards. And for everybody out there, look, I, I know it's been a rough go with Cam Akers. I get it. I, I feel that pain too, because I, I've talked about Cam Akers in multiple seasons, multiple shows. But what we have to talk about here is that he's actually playing well since becoming a Minnesota Viking. Amongst 48 qualifying running backs, he's 20th in missed tackles for force per attempt, 17th and yards after contact per attempt. So he's showing more juice and has shown more juice since he arrived in Minnesota than Alexander Madison has shown all season. So I think at the worst part of this, we could see a 50-50 split, and I'm the I'm going to keep the light on that Cam Akers can take over this backfield as much as I do share in Fitz's concerns about the pass protection stuff. Fitz, what, what do you think, Cam Akers? I mean, 10 carries, 31 yards. He also had a couple of catches for 30 yards in that Monday night game against the Niners. Is there a chance this just becomes his backfield? 
Oh, D bro, we're not doing this again, are we, man? <laughs> I mean, like we are the original Cam Anchor stand. I'm making my energy drink. <laughs> I'm making D bro choke here, but like, no, man, you're gonna have to ride this bandwagon by yourself, buddy. I, like, I just I can't do it anymore. Um, yes, Acres got a significant bump in workload in the second half of the Vikings Monday night win over the 49ers. Um, I think that might have been because Madison got like he appeared to be dinged up or just like we haven't seen him go into concussion protocol this week. But at the time, I thought he might have had a concussion. So, like, I, I just don't know if he was physically right after getting smoked towards the end of the first half. So, um, like, sorry, Deeper, I've, I've just gotten fooled by Cam Akers too many times. I, I can't get All back right, on this bitch. train. I'm uh, not gonna. I'm not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe again. Uh, Warren, uh, that's a, a I, that's a movie I, reference. You're probably too young and clueless I, for. I, so I, I was. That. <laughs> Uh, I, d- I don't get the movie reference, but I was just about to say, c- call Fitz the Who, because he won't get fooled again. So that's an older <laughs> reference that I, I'll take a little Hey, there we for. go. Worm and cultural <laughs> references and social... Uh, man, this is... It's a good day to be alive. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Debra, I actually do want to ask a second question about this matchup on the other side. Is there any hope for the Green Bay offense in the second half of the season? Because there's some good players out there, but it's just not coming together. I... Not much, man. Aaron Jones is is still clearly not 100%. And with Hammies, I mean, like, who knows when we see him to be 100%. They just need to shut him down and let him get right. I mean, this whole running him out there, but he's clearly not himself, is not benefiting this offense at all. And I know that they need the spark, but he's not providing it right now. And Jordan Love is playing terrible football. I keep talking about this, and everybody's like, hey, he's good at fantasy. And I'm like, okay, the, the bottom's going to fall out. You're seeing that start to happen. And the upcoming schedule is is pretty rough. I mean, it, just from a real football perspective, guys, and, and Fitz, I know, feel free to push back on me, or you, heck, you, you might want them to lose some more games so they get a new quarterback, but sitting at two wins right now, who do they beat the rest of the season? They got the Vikings this week, then the Rams. I mean, stop me when you think they're going to win one of these games. Vikings, Rams, Steelers, Chargers. Any wins? Probably not. Lions, Chiefs, still? No, 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 okay. Uh, Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers. Okay, maybe there's a win. Vikings and the Bears. This could be a three or four win team this season unless this defense carries them because Jordan Love is not carrying them across the threshold. Uh-uh. I, I do think they can beat the Steelers in, in, in that they range. They can beat the Vikings uh, this week. Come on. Yeah, I think there's some some fraudulent teams in that Oh, I think, in that our, schedule. Our, how about we – I think the Vikings win this week, Fitz. You going to take the Packers? Yes, I will, D-Bro. Okay. Yes, right. I will. So, we'll, so what we'll do you say – prop this one off air. What, what do you say, Pat, as yeah. uh, as both a Packers fan and you know as a fantasy analyst about the Green Bay offense in the second half? Yeah, with Debro on the Aaron Jones take, they really need him. I mean, AJ Dillon is like he's been okay the last couple of weeks, but he just there's no explosion in uh, his game whatsoever. They need the guy who can hit on some big plays, and um, like it's not completely hopeless because the offensive line isn't terrible, and they've got enough skill, position, talent, but they do need Jordan Love to play better. No question, came out of the gates playing well last month, not so much. I've got another quick uh, DraftKings uh, player prop here. Jordan Addison coming off of that huge Monday night game. His line is set at 58 and a half receiving yards. Debro over or under? Over. Give me the smash the over. Totally on the over. Let's go. 
I'll go under. He's going to see a lot of Jair Alexander this weekend. And uh, look, I mean, Jair Alexander shut down Justin Jefferson at the end of last season. I think he can shut down Jordan Addison. Okay. Sounds like we have two board bets after (laughs) the show today, Mr. Fitzmorris. Let's go. Take the stress out of lineup management with MyPlaybook's autopilot tool at fantasypros.com slash MyPlaybook or on the Fantasy Football MyPlaybook app. Enjoy automated, optimal lineup adjustments, giving you both peace of mind and the best shot at victory each week. Guys, game number four, Saints at Colts. Is Jonathan Taylor officially back as the RB1 in this offense for Indy moving forward, Pat? Not officially, but I think he's pretty close. Last week, he and Zach Moss uh, split snaps down the middle. 70 offensive plays for the Colts, 35 for Taylor, 35 for Moss. I I do think Taylor is going to pull into the lead here, but um, the the Colts like to run the ball, and they also play at a really fast pace. So I I think Moss is going to play um, an important supporting role going forward. So I, I think it'll be a fantasy relevant role. So even if Taylor does pull into the lead, I think you want to keep Zach Moss around on your roster. Debro, they had the same number of carries in week seven, 18 apiece. What do you expect the usage to be and kind of how that split shows for the rest of the season? So last week they did, they did split the snaps. Uh, they did split the workload, but where it really counts as far as the money touches, Jonathan Taylor got all the work inside the red zone. Uh, so I think that the high leverage, the high cholesterol touches that we want are going to go to Jonathan Taylor. Now, now Moss has still been serviceable in the passing game and he's going to get checkdowns. Uh, so I think what it's all said and done, I think that this starting this week, it leans to about a 60, 40 split. Maybe it gets to 65, 35, uh, depending on Zach Moss's health. Cause he is banged up right now dealing with a, a elbow and a heel injury. So I, I think where we settle out is 60, 40, but it could be a little bit more skewed in Taylor's, uh, bandwagon as far as this week but moving forward that's about how where i see it like moss is still going to get volume but when they get inside the 20 i think it's all taylor i've got a second question here which is very similar to the last matchup you know and talking about the packers is the saints offense fixable this season deeper i'll stick with you i think it is i really do and and what you have seen out of multiple and sorry to say as a saints fan i've watched every snap of this poor beleaguered offense all year and it's been miscommunication after miscommunication. It feels like like Derek Carr and Michael Thomas have been on the same page as well as he's been on the same page with a lot, but a lot of other players in this offense, but not Chris Olave. And Chris Olave is the straw that stirs the drink, man. He needs to be the number one in this offense. He's the guy that has juice. He is the difference maker, both in the short, intermediate, and taking the top off of every defense. So I don't know if they need to you know, lock the door and just talk it out, hug it out and and get on the same page. But that needs to happen. And I think it's going to happen, man. This, this is still a talented roster and the saints can compete for the NFC South crown. Their defense has been amazing. Their secondary is one of the best in the league this year. So I think the saints can still write the ship. They just need to sit here and it, whether it's practice reps and things like that, they can get on the same page. And I think they will. Fitz, Chris Olave had 57 yards on 15 targets uh, in Oof. the last game on that Thursday night game against the Jags. 
can we get him going? Can we get some more juice for Rashid Shaheed? Does this all just boil down to Derek Carr being bad? What's what's the secret to fixing this offense, Fitz? I, I kind of do think that's the key. Just Carr needs to play a little bit better. Like the, the Saints aren't a lost cause by any means. They're 19th uh, in offensive DVOA, which, you know, below average, but not bad. They're averaging, I think, 3.5 yards per carry. Need to be a little bit better there. Carr needs to be a bit better, and the offensive line needs to be a bit better and maybe healthier. I think I think they're missing my guy, Wisconsin's uh, Ryan Ramchak at right tackle. They are. Like that's they that's are a key loss. Time. Yeah. Well, well and the other the other part I want to mention real fast is they have to improve the red zone offense. They have to either run the ball or it, can I, I can't even tell you. I'd have to pull up the numbers, but they have to be one of the bottom ten, like bottom five teams as far as oh, red yeah. zone efficiency this year. More, they more they cannot Hill, baby. score. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. Use Taysom, use Kamara. Just score freaking touchdowns. You're not going to field goal every team to death. It's not going to happen. Do, do you think there's any reason that they should maybe consider using Jamal Williams? I mean, he did score 18 touchdowns a year ago. Somebody? Yeah. I mean, touchdowns. I know he's we just bad need year, yeah. touchdowns, man. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go you to You got to get down to the one or the two yard line for Jamal Williams. <laughs> yeah, they're, true. they're stalling That's out fair. at the four or the five. So true. If, if you need one yard, Jamal Williams can get you one yard. If you need two yards, well. Yeah. Um, let's go to another betting pros over under challenge here with Michael Pittman. His line is set at 11 fantasy points against the Saints. Do we trust him to go over that mark, Debro? No, he's going to go under that. Man coverage is not Michael Pittman's uh, cup du jour. So count me out on that. I'm the undertaker this week, apparently. Fitz? Yeah, and it's man coverage against Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo, who have both Oof. been playing really well. So uh, I'll go under two. All right. Who was the fullback, Fitz, you might remember, or maybe you too, Debra, because you're both older than me. Who was the guy that said, like, if you need one yard, I'll get you three, mm. and if you need five yards, I'll get you three? Oh, I, I oh, don't remember Lord. that. I mean, I, I'm I old, know, but I, I don't even remember that quote. It's a great um, quote. Familiar with it. Can't tell you who said it. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, Leroy Horde? I don't, I don't know Oh, yes, yes. Dude, he had, uh, Leroy Horde had, like, I, a... He had a great double-digit touchdown season for the Vikings in a year where Robert Smith had like 1,400 yards from scrimmage and only like four touchdowns or something like that. And Leroy Howard was the the short yardage guy who had like 400 rushing yards and like Damn, 11 touchdowns. Damn, stats. That, that was, yeah, 1999, yeah. 10 touchdowns? I didn't even know that. Yeah. And he had nine the year before. A- apparently, he played for the Ravens in 1996, two games. So uh, no surprise, I don't remember that one since I was four Were years you even old. Michigan then? man, Leroy Horde. Pretty nice. pretty good power back, man. It, 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 were you even all time? Were you great, even around? Great then? quote, by the way. I, I was four, I was four years old in ninety six. Okay, I, I mean it's it's a worthwhile question. I had to ask. I was it. born in ninety two. Uh, all right, let's go to Patriots at Dolphins. <laughs> Which Week Seven performance are we putting more stock into? The Dolphins struggling against Philly, or the Patriots kind of breaking out to beat the Bills? Pat, I'll start with you this time. Oh, can I say neither? I mean, I, I sure. don't think the Dolphins will continue to struggle offensively, and I don't think there are going to be many more games where Mac Jones looks like Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> I think he averaged like 9.1 yards per pass attempt last week. Not going to happen very often. So, uh, yes, neither of these things will continue. If you had to pick one, are you like leaning anywhere? It's literally like just zero for both. Yeah, like, I don't know. You could You could play. I almost, I considered streaming Mac Jones in a league this week, and I think I chose Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. instead. So, like, ah. it wouldn't shock me if Mac Jones had a decent week. What, what do you think, D-Rook? Because there is some 
I mean, not that I at all believe in in the Patriots' offense going forward, but I think there's something to be said for the Dolphins struggling mightily against both the Bills and now the Eagles playing good teams and not kind of living up to this, dropping 70 on the Broncos, you know, and, and really dominating these bad defenses. Is there anything there? I don't think there's a lot there as far as the Dolphins. I think better days are ahead. Um, I mean, literally, they were forced into pass-only scripts. Tyreek Hill, we know now, was banged up. And I think Jalen Waddell as well was banged up. I've seen various rumors or things talking about he's dealing with a back injury, although it's not being widely reported. But I'm fine with the Dolphins. I'm actually more on board with the Patriots offense looking better uh, in the weeks to come. Mac Jones played good. And the other thing that I think we need to give credence to is, good Lord, they finally, finally, Coach Bill decided to make Kendrick Bourne a full-time player in this offense. Stop running out Devontae Parker and everybody else. I think that we could see better days moving forward for the Patriots because actually putting skilled wide receivers on the field that can get open, and I know Juju is healthy and maybe he's going to be back, and that's not great because I don't think that he's got much juice left at all. They need to play Pop Douglas. They have to play Pop Douglas and and play Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne has smashed in every freaking game where they have played him in a full-time role. I think he does that again this week versus the Dolphins. And moving forward, I, I mean, we talked about this in the waiver wire article, but like Kendrick Bourne was a guy people need to be picking up because all he's done is produce. So if the Patriots want to field a better offense, which I think that they can, if Kendrick Bourne and Douglas are bigger parts of this offense, it's better days ahead for Mac Jones. I, I think you're right. Uh, and I also think you're right on the Dolphins. Just to kind of wrap up the point on the schedule, I will just say, like, the Dolphins, in these games, they've exploded. It's been against a bad Chargers defense, a terrible Broncos mm-hmm. defense, a bad Giants team, a terrible Panthers team. And the games they've struggled have been against the Eagles, the Bills. They beat the Patriots, but it was kind of a slog. I mean, um, I, I think it's worth paying well, attention to everybody to hating on them for like, oh, well, they beat down like bad defenses. That's what they should do. I, I'm not, I'm not well, hating I mean, on like, them. No, no, I know that, but yeah. I see that out there about Tua. Yeah. It's like, he's so volatile. And I know on our start sit show earlier this week, I talked about sitting Tua and my worries about New England's defense is playing better though with JC Jackson back. So I'm trying to give them the cred, but also when good teams play good versus bad defenses, I never understand any conversations around, well, I mean, are they frauds? They should do that. And when they do that, we need to congratulate them, not be like, well, I mean, is that all they can do? No, no, it's a fair point. And like Fitz will know this as a college basketball fan because this is a big thing with Ken Palm and, and all the advanced analytics in that sport is it actually is significant when you destroy a bad team like good Teams that are just pretty good don't absolutely blow the doors off bad teams. They just beat yep. them by close margins. So when you actually mm-hmm. do blow the doors off a bad team, it is it is relevant and like statistically significant. Uh, but we can move on from that point, though. Fellas, at this point, we all know there's no better sports month than October. Football is well underway. The baseball postseason is here. And brand new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. I have not made it out to an NFL game yet this season, but I am planning to check out Coach Prime and the Colorado football team at some point before the season's over out here. And you know I'm only using the best way to get tickets to any of these games. And that's on Game Time, the official ticketing app 
app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Their all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in just seconds with two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code FANTASYPROS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Fellas, let's move to Jets at the Giants. The Jets are coming off their bye, and Brees Hall is RB6 in our expert consensus rest of season rankings. So is that too high, too low, or just right? Again, Brees Hall, RB6 rest of season. Debro, too high, too low, just right? I think it's just right. I mean, I've got him a little bit higher, but I think mid-RB1 is where he should be. I've got him at RB4. The only guys that I want, and this is assuming I know Kenneth Walker is dealing with a calf injury. I still have him ahead of him. I still have Travis Etienne and CMC. Those are the only guys that I want over Brees Hall. And people could say, what about B. John Robinson? What about all these other guys? What about Austin Eckler? Austin Eckler is still trying to come back from the ankle injury. He has no juice in his tackle-breaking metrics. Uh, Saquon Barkley is still on the Giants. And you looking at all these other guys like B. John Robinson, we're still having to deal with all the Arthur Smith hooey every single freaking week. So I know that Robert Sala is not crazy like that. And he's like, yo, guess what? Brees Hall is the best guy on our offense. We're going to feed the best guy on our offense. We're not going to say, oh, you know what? Michael Carter is the hot hand. Michael Carter gets carries today. That's not happening in New York, baby. So Brees Hall should be a top five back rest of the season. Thank you for censoring your uh, Arthur Smith thoughts to refer to it as hooey. I think we, could, trying, we could probably trying, do some man. stronger I'm language trying. if we wanted. Um, uh, Fitz, what do you think? Brees Hall, RB6, behind only CMC, ETN, Walker, Eckler, and Bijan. So I've got him RB9, and I think he's pretty close. Like, I could move him up to RB7, move him ahead of, let's see, Bijan Robinson and DeAndre Swift I have right ahead of him. Like, you can make a case that Hall belongs ahead of those guys. The reservation for me is just how much touchdown upside is there in an offense triggered by Zach Wilson? Fair. Well, well, the same question I want to ask here as a follow-up is Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 27 in the rest of season rankings. So with Zach Wilson as his QB fits, is that too high, too low, or just right? It seems a little low. Like, I've got him wide receiver 23, and, uh, oh, look, oh. he happens to be wide receiver 23 in fantasy points per game. So I, I think 27 is a, a smidge low. So you're spot on. Debra, what do you think about a wide receiver 27 for Garrett Wilson? Maybe maybe I'm drinking too much of the Zach Wilson Kool-Aid, man. Um, I've got <laughs> him at wide receiver 31. I need to probably put some more respect on his name. I think that looking viewing him as a wide receiver 3 is probably about right. I mean, I, I, I think he's in the same conversation as like T Higgins, Devonta Smith, Jacoby Myers. So a lot of these guys, I mean, really it's kind of pick your flavor. So any of these guys, you could put them anywhere from low end wide receiver two to high end three. And I don't think it's wrong. He has been double digits in PPR scoring every week, except for one this season. Now that's, you know, not that high of a bar to clear in PPR, but it's not that the, you know, bottom is totally dropped out from underneath him. No, I just, I feel, I feel like he's like, it, it's like the New York version of Drake London. It's like not great quarterback play. Where does the ceiling come in? 
the floor is extremely high. And if he gets the touchdowns, that's what's going to push him between wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Like him and Drake London feel like they're riding in the same canoe. All the guys Steve Rowe mentioned, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, Jacoby Myers. Those guys are all the second best Mm -hmm. wide receivers on their own teams. Garrett Wilson is going to be a target. That's like fair. I think he is a safer floor than those dudes because like That's he fair. is the target on that team, and like it is a deep, steep drop off from uh, Garrett Wilson to Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Uh, let's go to the next game here: Jags at the Steelers. I mentioned earlier that I'm really excited for this game. It's one of the favorites of the week. It's not actually that great of a slate this week, I don't think, but this is one that stands out. Just getting to see kind of that Jags offense against the Steelers defense. My question here is everybody's predicting Calvin Ridley to get back on track in this matchup. It's like the talk of of the industry this week is that this is the get right game for Calvin Ridley. Is everybody correct? Fitz, what do you think? I'm not so sure. Um, what's really weird about Calvin Ridley this season is that his two biggest games, uh, eight for 101 and a touchdown against the Colts in week one and seven for 122 against the Bills in week five, came when Zay Jones was healthy and active. Uh, in the four games Jones has missed, Ridley, he's averaging 2.5 catches, 26.3 receiving yards, 5.4 yards per target. You would think that the uh, absence of Zay Jones would lead to better numbers since, you know, Zay might only get five or six targets a game, but those are targets being parceled out to other guys. Uh, I do not have a theory on the case for this one, unfortunately, but um, with Zay Jones probably not playing this week, I'm I'm tempering expectations a little for Ridley. Yeah, Debra, I know on the you know start sit show yesterday, you and Erickson both picked Jags receivers as must start guys. So, do you think that this is going to be you know kind of a Calvary bounce back? I I'm on the other side of this. Um, I think this is a big Christian Kirk game. I have him at wide receiver 14. I have Ridley all the way down at wide receiver 31. So I'm opposed from consensus on this one. I think that Calvin Ridley could walk away with a good game, but I think there are some some parts or pieces here that maybe, I don't know if consensus, I'm not going to say consensus is missing this, but some of the things that the Steelers did with their cornerbacks last week, like they moved Patrick Peterson into the slot. Joey Porter Jr. was playing the boundary, and Jody Por- Joey Porter Jr. has played fantastic. Like this guy has allowed a 10%, and I know it is a very small sample, a 10% catch rate, zero pass rating in his coverage so Levi Wallace is banged up I think that Calvin Ridley could have a bounce back game but I'm not projecting that like his numbers there's some noise in these numbers and when, when I wrote this up for the primer it's like he's played pretty good against man coverage he struggled mightily against zone like his yards per route run splits are massive 2.5 versus 1.5 and Christian Kirk's numbers and why does this matter so much? It's because Pittsburgh runs man at a top five rate. Christian Kirk has a 30% target share and a 32% first read share against man coverage. He's going to get fed this week. I have no doubts about Christian Kirk. I do have a few more qualms about Calvin Ridley, though. I've got another player prop in this one on the other side. Again, this is coming from DraftKings. George Pickens over under four and a half receptions, 55 and a half receiving yards. D-Row, you're taking the over? Give me overs. Both of them. Smash. Smash the overs. We finally got an over out of D-Row. What do you think, Fitz? Same. Over on both. 
If you guys need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And Here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Next game on the slate here, Falcons at the Titans. The Falcons have not topped 21 points in a game since week two, yet they have a winning record, and Arthur Smith remains as stubborn as ever. Will they ever start using their top 10 draft picks the way fantasy managers hope, particularly London and Pitts this week against a poor passing defense that just lost its best safety? Debra? Uh, They'll start using them whenever Arthur Smith is not there anymore. That's about all I got, man. Um, I think that Drake London is going to get the usage just because he is the leader of this passing attack. The way that Fitz talked about and phrased everything around Garrett Wilson, I think just absolutely applies for Drake London. And I was surprised again, like when I was breaking everything down for the primer, if you lop off week one since week two, Drake London has been the wide receiver 22 in fantasy points per game. That surprised me. I was expecting wide receiver three type production. I was not expecting a top 24 wide receiver. So I think Drake London is about the only guy in this offense that you could feel good about getting target volume on a weekly basis. But as we've seen from Bijan Robinson, I mean, Bijan Robinson can't get an 80% snap share when you have to get touches for Tyler Algier and when you have to get routes for Cordero Patterson. I mean, other coaches got to prepare for these running backs. So says Arthur Smith. Yeah, Fitz, do you think that we might see a better? I know that Desmond Ritter generally is not very good on the road, and this game is in Tennessee. But, you know, again, the Titans' pass defense is not good. They just they just jettisoned Kevin Byard. I mean, is this an area where we could see a, a London and maybe even a Pitts day? Uh, maybe, but, uh, you know, Arthur Smith <laughs> would rather get the ball, uh, give reverses to Scotty Miller than get the ball into the hands of, of Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. So, uh, you know, we should be optimistic, but I'm I'm really not. N- next question. Let's just move on. Thing, things that make my <laughs> head hurt. 
Let me throw a second like surprise question your Ugh. way. We've talked about this on some other shows previously. I can't remember actually if it was on, on the Friday show or a different show in previous weeks, but trade deadline is, is coming up very quickly here, and it will pass before the next time the three of us talk together. If you guys could choose a landing spot for Derrick Henry for fantasy purposes, where would that be, D-Bro? <laughs> oh, Worm, you're going to love me for this one. <laughs> it's all Baltimore, baby. You put Derrick Henry on the Ravens offense, and oh my lord, that is a top five offense in the NFL. Uh, who's to you, say it's not how already? How do you stop him? How, <laughs> how do you stop him, man? You you got Lamar, you got Derrick Henry, you got Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. <laughs> Fitz, do you agree with the Ravens as kind of your, your favorite fantasy landing spot for Henry? They would be my favorite, but the dark horse here, what about Dallas, which is missing that power running game component, yeah. and uh, it gets Pollard back into the role he was best in last year. Yeah. I, I said this That's before fair. on a different show. The one thing I will say about Henry to the Ravens is that like he's stylistically kind of the same as Gus Edwards. Like he's not the he, he, like, again, much, much better, obviously, and I would love to have him on the Ravens, but it is like kind of that, you know, power back that they do sort of already have with Gus, whereas they could really use like a really explosive guy. Like when you watch like Keaton Mitchell in his one run that he had last week, like it was just very apparent how much differently he runs than Gus and Justice Hill. He just has way more juice. So I could see the Ravens, if they were going to add a running back, wanting to kind of replace that element that they lost out when J.K. Dobbins went down rather than just improving upon the style of the guy they already have. But obviously, all, be a huge all I heard Worm say was, I don't want Derrick Henry for Baltimore. Not, I would much rather. <laughs> no, putting no, words in my on. mouth. I, not on. at all true. <laughs> I would much rather Saquon go to Baltimore Ooh. is all I heard Worm say. Uh, yes, you did. Would you that. rather? I mean, come on, tell me. Would you rather Saquon or Derrick Henry, Worm? Give uh, it your choice. I, I would rather Saquon. Um, See? Yeah. I mean, I, I would. No lies detected. I think most people would rather Saquon. I would yeah, guess. Agreed. But, yeah, agreed. Uh, but Derrick Henry would also be super fun, I will say. All right, let's move on. Uh, the last game on the early slate, nine early afternoon games again. You know you know, I hate when they do that. Uh, Eagles at Commanders. Terry McLaurin had eight catches and 86 yards in week four against the Eagles. Are we starting him confidently against that same defense here four weeks later in week eight? Fitz, what do you think about McLaurin this week? He's wide receiver 28 for me, so I would not say I'm supremely confident. Uh I think Sam Howell is going to have a poor game this week. I'm kind of surprised by where he is in ECR. Howell, I guess it's being driven by the fact that he threw for 290 yards and had 40 rushing yards the last time the Eagles and Commanders met. And that was when the Eagles surprisingly had to go to overtime to beat the Commanders 34-31. Um, but look, Howell has taken 40 sacks in seven games, and he is going up against an Eagles defense that almost set the single season team sack record last year and his third and sacks this year like they are going to be all up in Howell's business this week I, I think Howell is going to have a hellish day on Sunday and uh, over his last two games against the Falcons and Giants which you know don't have nearly the pass rush the Eagles do Howell has completed 55.4 percent of his throws and averaged 6.2 yards per attempt so I am not wildly optimistic about McLaurin or any other component of the Washington passing game this week Debra, this isn't an actual line listed anywhere. I'm just making it up. Over under six and a half sacks for Sam Howell this week. Good Lord. I'm going to take the over. I mean, it's, it's, it's a ludicrous number, sounds. but like, I think you have it's to take the over. It's a ludicrous number, but it, it could happen. I mean, 
I, I so I'm curious, Fitz. Where do you have Sam Howell ranked? Because I I feel like we're we're hand holding here. I'm, I'm sharing your your Sam Howell disdain this week. Yeah, I've got him like QB twenty or something like that. Yeah, it's right around QB nineteen. Yeah, him and e- Russell e- Wilson has are QB sixteen for the record. Yeah, I mean, I, but it, it, talking about the guys that I would rather start over Sam Howell this week, give me Kenny Pickett, give me Desmond Ritter, give me Mac Jones. I'd start any one Darnold. of those guys, and I have all I'd of them start ranked. Darnold. Over. And Darnold, if Darnold gets the start, Ritter. I would start Darnold I, I know too. you probably won't go as far as Ritter, Debro. No, I, know I just said Ritter. Ritter I have Ritter oh, ranked over him. Oh, did you? Okay. Him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got Ritter ranked over him. I think this is going to be a tough game for Sam Howell, and I am not starting Terry McLaurin uh, confidently. I've got Terry McLaurin as a wide receiver three. Where do I have Mr. McLaurin? As wide receiver 32. So I would start Garrett Wilson. I'd start Calvin Ridley. I'd start Josh Downs. Uh, all over Terry McLaurin. And the thing we need to talk about Terry here is that versus zone coverage, which the Eagles have, have, have reeled in a little bit of their zone rate this year. They're still sitting at 69%. Nice. But McLaurin, we've seen his numbers decrease against zone coverage. His target share drops from almost 20% to 18. His yards per route run drops from 1.7 to 1.49. And for context on that number, that's low end wide receiver three type of efficiency production. Any guys that are in that 1.3, 1.4 are in low end wide receiver three, usually high end four territory. So, no, I do not have a lot of love for Terry McLaurin. I have no love for this commander's offense this week. Uh, I mean, really, who do you confidently start out of this offense at all? Maybe, honestly, if we're going to talk about who could get the most targets and lead them this week, it could be Logan Thomas. But really, I want no part of the commander's offense. Man, if anybody out there is actually forced to pick between on their roster Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett, you might just want to find a new hobby. That that's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the late afternoon slate. Game number ten: Browns at Seahawks. My key question is: the Browns scored thirty nine points in Week Seven, largely with PJ Walker under center. Can this offense become a bit more fantasy friendly without Deshaun Watson, Debra? No. They're not going to be the <laughs> Seattle's okay. uh, defense is playing much, much better. Their outside corners are playing better. Devon Witherspoon has been moved to the boundary. Him and Tariq Woolen are playing really good football right now. So again, we talked about this earlier in the week. People need to understand when they talk about Seattle and they're like, you could run a ball against Seattle. No, you really can't. Oh, you could pass against Seattle. No, lately you really can't. So I think Cleveland is going to get steamrolled this week. I know Seattle is incredibly banged up right now. We don't even know if we see Kenneth Walker play, but Zach Charbonnet looks like he's going to be uh, able to go. Tyler Lockett's banged up. DK Metcalf's going to play. I think Seattle wins this game, but it is going to be an ugly game. What are your expectations, Fitz? Yeah, um, same thing Debro mentioned, like, Good set of corners and Seattle's number three in DVOA against the run. I think they're giving up like 3.0 yards per carry against uh, opposing running back. So, like, I don't think the Cleveland offense is going to be any less fantasy friendly because of P.J. Walker. Like, at most, what, it's a, you know, 5% drop off in, in production from Watson to Walker, if that. So, um, this team can win with P.J. Walker at quarterback. But, yeah, this is a pretty tough matchup this week for the Browns. Let's go quickly on a second question I have. Just what are our expectations for Seattle's pass catchers when everyone is healthy? We saw JSN have a bit of a breakout game. He scored his first touchdown last week with DK Metcalf not playing. So when all three guys are on the field, how do you kind of expect to see this usage play out in the second half of the season, Debra? 
I think JSN last week was the beginning of the breakout. I think that he is going to assert himself as the wide receiver two moving forward in this offense. We've seen Tyler Lockett. Now he's banged up. But even before that, all of his numbers have taken a significant hit. He has not been great this year. You're talking about maybe one, two spike week kind of games out of him the entire season. I think JSN, the wrist is getting healthier. And for everybody out there, when they have played JSN outside, he has over 3.0 yards per route run as a boundary wide receiver. And last week they played, they rotated Tower Lockett and JSN between the slot back and forth. I think two things. We're going to see JSN assert himself as the wide receiver too. And he is going to mix and match with Tower Lockett in the slot and the outside moving forward. So JSN is a player that people need to be trading for. They need to be making moves for because they think the breakout happened last week and it's better days to come ahead. Quickly, Fitz, what do you think? Where I disagree on Debro is that uh, even though Pete Carroll runs a meritocracy, like I don't think he's going to cut snaps on Tyler Lockett just because he hasn't been playing well. I, I think there's too much goodwill built up for Lockett. And we're not seeing Geno Smith play at the near MVP level he played at in the first half of 2022. So, um, I think it's something like, I don't know, uh, Metcalf, a high-end to mid-range wide receiver two, Lockett, a mid-range wide receiver three, maybe low-end wide receiver three, and JSNA wide receiver four. Let's also hit one last player in the betting pros over-under challenge. It is it is JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, coming off the best game of his young career with the line set at exactly nine fantasy points against this elite Browns defense. We're going over-under nine fantasy points for JSN, bro. <sighs> I'm going to take the under on this one. Um, and I know I talked about the breakout, but I don't know if we, we don't know if we have tower Lockett is going to play again. This is still a really tough uh, defense as far as coverages go and things like that. So while I think JSN again, continues the ascension, I don't think it's going to happen or continue this week. I think we're looking at weeks ahead. I will also take the under. Are you making into clean sweep fits? I am, yeah. I mean, we can't assume Lockett's going to be out. If if he were going to be out for sure, then I think you smashed the over here. But since we've seen no indication that like he's on the wrong side of questionable, I think you got to go under. Let's go to the next game, Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens, of course, coming off an absolute beating of the Lions in Baltimore last week. My key question, Zay Flowers has been remarkably consistent as a rookie and is clearly Lamar Jackson's favorite wide receiver target in this offense. But are we worried at all that he hasn't had a true blow-up game yet despite his usage? Sort of a similar question to game one with C.J. Stroud where the floor has been really high, especially for a rookie to start his career. But we haven't seen that true blow-up spot yet. Fitz, do we think we maybe see it this week? Maybe. And we're not worried because I think we know it's coming eventually. And I think the consistent weekly output is the really good sign that we're happy to see and and just satisfied with right now. Not even into, uh, not even halfway into Zay Flowers' rookie season. And he is already clearly the Ravens' number one receiver. So um, everything's been great. The the smash games are coming. Um, Like, I think we're really happy, the Zay Flowers investors right now. Debra? Come on, Warm. You know where I sit with this baby. It's I Zay do know, week. Yes. It's Zay Flowers week. I mean, I I saw this question on the outline. I was like, oh, baby, <laughs> we get to stretch. We get to talk about Zay Flowers. And his consistency has been amazing. He has at least 50 receiving yards in every single game. He has not gone over 78 receiving yards. I'm calling him, man. 
first 100-yard receiving game for Zay Flowers in his career. He's going to go for at least one touchdown. He's going to crush. I have him as a top 15 wide receiver. I'm considering even bumping him higher than that. Arizona cannot stop anybody. And if you look at the coverages as well, Arizona's running a ton of zone, 12th highest rate against zone coverage. Zay Flowers' air yard percentage increases to 34%. His yards per route run jumps to 2.2. And his first read share jumps to 33.3%. Welcome to Zay Flowers Week. My only pushback on this being the week is that they just might not need him because the Cardinals are, are so bad. And and my second question kind of tags along with that, which is, can we even start a single Cardinal against this Ravens defense that just shut down the Lions? Fitz? Maybe Imari Di Mercado just for the volume, but I've got him ru- running back 37. So, like, I'm not rushing yeah, him into not, DFS exactly, lineups or anything. You know, uh, yeah, maybe Marquise him. Brown, revenge game. No, I'm, I've got him, like, as a mm. wide, re- wide receiver three or flex type play. So, um, yeah, and I, I don't really want to bust out Trey McBride either, even with Zach Ertz on IR, because the Ravens have been great against tight ends. Debra, are you starting any Cardinals? Uh, I think you can start with Di Mercado. I'm going to have him uh, ranked as a top 24 running back, and this all comes down to the volume, man. He played 80% of the snaps, and what do we think? Like, uh, Baltimore is going to probably truck stick the Cardinals, so you're going to see a ton of Di Mercado again this week, and we care about volume. He had 17 touches last week. If he gets in the end zone this week and he gets the checkdowns and stuff, and we still don't even know if Kyler Murray's going to play, so that's another bump to this offense. So looking at Di Mercado, I'm, I'm going to have him ranked aggressively this week. I'm just playing the snaps. I'm playing the volume. He gets in the end zone. He's going to be a top 24 guy. But yeah, you can count me out on Marquise Brown revenge game. You can count me out on Trey McBride. I think that the Cardinals are going to lean on their ground game. And the other point I want to make here real fast is their offensive line has been quietly awesome all year in run blocking they have been consistently if you take QB scrambles out of the mix they've been top five in yards before contact per attempt the entire season you can't pass versus the Ravens but you can run the ball really quickly he's off the injury report but I'm kind of expecting that Kyler's not going to play do we think that he actually might play he might he might. I mean, yeah. they said he's practicing in full right now. I, yeah. I'm not going to rule out that he might play this week. We could get the Saturday Shefty bomb that says, hey, Kyler Murray's making his first start as he compares Taylor Swift and all the Instagram followers that Travis Kelsey has in the same tweet. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, player prop here from DraftKings. Uh, it's a few Lamar Jackson player props over under 47 and a half rushing yards, 232 and a half passing yards. One and a half passing touchdowns. I'll read those again. It's 47 and a half rushing yards, 232 and a half passing yards, one and a half passing touchdowns fits. Do any of those stand out to you? If I had to take one, I'd take the passing touchdowns and go over. Debra? I'm just going to make this easy. Give me the overs for all of them. All of them. Expecting all a of them. big Lamar all Jackson day. Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to, I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll double down on this. Lamar Jackson is my QB one in my ranks Ooh. this week. He is going to smash. I love to hear it. Let's go to the next game. We just saw this matchup two weeks ago. Chiefs at Broncos. That game was in Kansas City, of course. Uh, are we putting any weight into the Broncos defense? Actually holding this same Chiefs team under 20 points just two weeks ago, D-Bro. No. Chiefs are going to dominate them. I, I have no faith 
and the Denver Broncos defense. It's going to be all Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. We were all projecting a big game. I think that we, this is the flop lag situation. I think that Pacheco did not give us the monster game in the last outing. I think that he gives it to us this week. Fitz? I went back and looked at that game from a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't remember why they uh, rolled up so many yards. They had 389 yards of offense, the Chiefs did in that game. Sputtered out in the red zone a couple of times and had to settle for field goals. And another time they went for it on like fourth and one or fourth and two at the six-yard line of Denver and didn't make it. So um, they, they should have put up more points, but they had no trouble moving the ball that day. They shouldn't have any trouble this week either. All right, let's move on from that one. Let's go to Bengals at 49ers. Really interesting game, especially Niners kind of in a slump now. Bengals perhaps getting healthier coming off the bye. So my key question is presumably healthy off of that bye week. What are our expectations for the Bengals offense? And more specifically, as a follow-up, can T. Higgins finally get going again? I keep bringing up the stat. He's got 60 yards this season outside of that one week two blow-up spot. He's been abysmal this year outside of that one game not not just disappointing but truly awful so can he get going again and what are our general expectations for a healthy Bengals offense in this week particularly Debra I think Joe Burrow is going to have himself a game and if you look at as long as the offensive line can buy him time since week four the 49ers versus deep passing eighth highest yards per attempt ninth highest passer rating 11th highest adjusted completion rate Javarius Ward plays really good, but you can get physical. You can get downfield. And I know this is a long time ago, different corners and stuff like that. But Jamar Chase in his rookie season in the same matchup went for 77 and two touchdowns. I think that he's going to have a good game in this one. Maybe T. The question that I have about T is not so much talent and usage and stuff. I just don't know how healthy he is. Like I wrote it in the primer. I was like, I'm going to update his status on Friday or Saturday because I, I need to see practice reports and I need to see what the beat writers are saying about him because I, I don't think that he's even coming out of the bye. Even another week, I don't think that his ribs are feeling that much better. So I think Burrow has a massive game in this one. I think Tyler Boyd, if you look at the splits for him, also has a good game. Isaiah Oliver in the slot has been struggling over the last few weeks. So I'm not projecting a big game for T. Higgins. But wheels up for Burrow, Jamar Chase is going to smash, and Tyler Boyd, if you're struggling for a flex play, get him into your lineups. Fitz, what do you make of this one? I need a show-me game from T. Higgins before I'm ready to put him into my lineup, unless I'm I'm kind of forced to and back up against the wall. But I, I think the Bengals' passing game will return to its usually explosive self, but I'm, I'm not ready to predict it this week. Uh, I, I just want to see it happen. But uh, Burrow should be healthier. I do think it will happen eventually. Just don't know if it'll be this week. Let's move to Sunday night football bears at the chargers. Kind of an interesting game. You know, obviously we not expecting Justin Fields again. So that takes a little juice out of it, but Bajent looks halfway decent for some of these guys. So my question is, did week eight give us more faith in DJ Moore continuing to perform even with a backup quarterback fits? Maybe we feel okay about the floor because he is still an important target for the Bears. But Tyson Bajan is averaging 3.7 air yards per pass attempt. Uh, DJ Moore is not going to have any smash games when he's playing with a quarterback who's got the training wheels on. So the Chargers pass defense has been just rubbish all year, like giving up 310 yards a game. Uh, but still my favorite player prop, we were talking about DK player props, uh, Tyson Bajan under 204 and a half yards. Like, I, I don't think there's any way he gets to 200 this week. Debra, what are your expectations? 
I, I think that, uh, again, hearkening back to the beginning of this episode, you look at DJ Moore in the same, until Justin Fields comes back, you look at him in the same ilk as you're talking about Drake London and as you're talking about Garrett Wilson. The volume is there. He's a high floor guy. I mean, the numbers that he soaked up last week were just astronomical. Last week, DJ Moore had a 31% target share. He had 58% of the team's air yards. Yeah, but there like, were like there were like woo. 20 air yards, though, is the problem. <laughs> and a 42% first read share. This guy is getting almost a 40 freaking percent target share. He's gonna get fed. The ceiling is not definitively there unless DJ Moore can break off one of these short passes for yards up to catch, which, I mean, we've seen that from DJ Moore all freaking season. So I'm not going to rule him out in a top three matchup. So I like DJ Moore this week. I think he's going to get peppered with volume. And this secondary has not been able to stop a cold. I don't think they could stop DJ Moore. I do have a follow-up question on this one on the Chargers side. Do we have a concern level on Justin Herbert after some... You know, slightly disappointing performances in the last month or so, Debra. No, I'm not worried about Herbert. Not, not at all. I, it, 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 until the last week or two, he was the QB one overall in fantasy. I'm, I'm not going to be a prisoner of, of recency bias or the moment right now. No, Justin Herbert's fine. Yeah, I think that's probably right. It's just, you know, Fitz. I think it's at least worth asking the question. Coming off of you know, last week he had two interceptions, one touchdown. The week before he had 227 yards. We, you know, before that was the bye, but then before that was 167 yards, one touchdown. I mean, it hasn't been quite as explosive as maybe we'd hoped. And since that does kind of coincide with when they lost Mike Williams, I just like like I said, Fitz. I thought it was worth asking the question at least. Yeah, I mean, my my hot take here is that I think. Herbert's actually been kind of overrated for a couple of years now. Like I, people wanted Ooh. to rank him ahead of Joe Burrow in redraft and dynasty in two years ago. And he's not as good a quarterback as Joe Burrow. He just isn't. That's fair. And um, like people have wanted to put Herbert on, on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's level. Like, no, he's, he's not one of the true elites. He's really, really good, but I don't think he's one of the true elites at quarterback. Fitz I, is making me go ch- double check my dynasty ranks and Oh, good Lord. Uh, apparently I'm, I'm one of the, uh, the people that Fitz is talking about. I had Justin Herbert ranked above Joe Burrow and dynasty. I, I'm sorry, Fitz. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm amending I it now. Too, I'm amending it now. I, look I at, look at too, Herbert's but... YPAs for his career. Just like, yep. yeah. not that impressive. Well, I mean, that's also a Joe Lombardi stat. Let's it is. Throw that that's true. That's, Lombardi, that's a Joe Lombardi yes. stat. But like yeah. it, not great this year either. And there's no yeah. more Joe okay. Lombardi. So like, that's fair. That's really, fair. really good quarterback. I just do not think he is on the, the tier one. I'm sorry, Fitz. I said, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> changed it. Joe Burrow was above Justin Herbert. I, I've, I've corrected my slight. All right, let's do Monday Night Football here to wrap things up. Uh, probably a quick game we can uh, not spend too much time on. Raiders at the Lions. Key question is simple. The Lions just ran into a buzzsaw Ravens team last week, both you know offensively and defensively. We're fully confident in a week eight bounce back, right? Fitz. Yes, I think they're going to make hash out of the Ravens on Monday night. Out of the Raiders. Oh, did I say Ravens? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worm oh, is they, not going to They did allow not make hash slide. out of the How Raiders last you. week. Yes. That did not happen. <laughs> Sorry, they will make hash out of the Raiders uh, against the Ravens. The the eggs, uh, the eggs were bad. Nothing, yeah. nothing worked. The stove was broken. So there was no hash last week. T bro. Yeah, I, I just wanted to watch Worm's face as he was uh, setting that up. Like, the, he ran into the Ravens' buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah. They will. They they got crushed by the Ravens last week. Yeah, I think 
you're going to see a pissed off Detroit Lions team. And I think I'm here for it, man. I can't not wait to watch Jameer Gibbs go wild. Amon Ra is going to have another fantastic game. And I think you're going to see Aiden Hutchinson roll up a bunch of sacks. And I think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo under center. All I can say is good luck, Jimmy. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we can move quickly off this game. There's not much there. So we will wrap up there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, I know I said it's maybe not the you know best matchups on the slate, but it's still NFL football. It's going to be a great Sunday. Good luck to everybody's teams this week. For Fitz and Debro, I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 